Welcome to Career Tools. Today's cast, 360 degree reviews, providing input. In today's cast, we're going to talk about how to respond to requests for 360 degree input. Here we go. Well, we've been around a while, and 360 reviews, man, they're growing, right? I mean, they, they've been around for a while, but it seems yeah, to me yeah. that, that they're getting more and more um, prevalent out there in, in the workplace, and for good reason. I mean, if they're done well, they're useful, right? I mean, if you want to get input about managers, and why not ask the people that they affect, right? If they're delivering a service, i.e. management to people, right, then right. why not ask the customers, right? Their, their bosses, their peers, their directs uh, about how well they're doing. Um, yeah, but but unfortunately, there are some dangers associated with 360 reviews, and we need to talk about those as well. Yeah, look, when they're done well, we strongly recommend them. It's a great tool. It's a it's a powerful professional tool, and unfortunately, we'll talk about this more in a little bit. That they um, they've expanded, um, perhaps past their usefulness to some degree, and we've seen them done terribly, and and. Uh, get many, many people in a great deal of trouble and create all kinds of difficulties. So we recommend them, but only if they're done right. Um, the problem is this is career tools. And, and if you're direct and you don't know whether it's being done right or not, you don't know how to respond. You don't know whether you can be candid or not. So we just figured we'd share with people how to navigate them successfully. Okay. So, so we have six points today. First of all, the first point is, you know, what are 360s anyway? We wanted to find them clearly for everybody. Uh, and then uh, number two, our primary guidance is to minimize risk. We've got a couple of points about that. Uh, number three, you've got to water down your written comments, especially your written comments, because those are the ones that get uh, assessed about who wrote them and who was the one that messed up my review and so on. So water down written comments. Almost always, number four, almost always avoid the bottom most ranking on the scale that they give you because those tend to stand out. Number five, certainly you want to consider your relationship with your boss because that makes a difference. And then lastly, we're going to give you three criteria for analysis. In other words, when this 360 comes to your town, we're going to, we're going to suggest you look to see whether or not it's regular, whether or not it's external, and whether or not you can be anonymous. And if you can, if you can meet the REA criteria, then probably you have the ability to be somewhat more candid and yet still not violating our other recommendations. Good. Okay. So there are plenty of folks out there who don't know what 360s are. So why don't, why don't we cover that real quickly? Just define what it is. We're all on the same sheet of music here. Yeah. And for those of you who do know, you can sit patiently and <laughs> act smug in your superior knowledge, I guess. You know, this is one of those cases where the range of people who are listening is pretty wide. I remember um, one person sent me a mail once and said, I, I can't believe you covered this. Everybody should know that. And somebody else wrote in and said, I'm a manager, actually said to her director and or a senior manager and said, uh, I didn't know that. So um, 360 reviews are reviews that are done, organizationally delivered reviews that are done, and usually on managers, because if you're an individual contributor at the bottom of the firm, you can't be 360 because there's nobody beneath you, but but uh, they incorporate information not just from our boss, if we're the one getting the review done. In other words, we wouldn't do, it's not a standard review, which only comes from your boss. Uh, it also includes our peers and our directs. 
The 360-degree name comes from the idea that when one's peers and boss and directs all give input, those are people that surround that manager in the organization. They, you know, okay, they circle the, the manager. And so feedback is coming from all sides from 360 degrees, and thus you get a 360-degree reveal. And the idea is gather the data, right? Ask people for input the way, essentially the way the organization does with an annual review just from the boss, gather the data, and then present it back to the manager in what, in, in to some degree, an anonymous fashion. By the way, there are some firms who in the beginning, when the when this tool first came out, it was a flavor of the month many years ago, or when it started getting popular, it's been around for a long time, but when it started getting popular, firms decided to make salary reviews, not just boss reviews, but also 360s. In other words, annual reviews became 360s. And uh, uh, I, I remember when that first came out, I thought, oh, that won't work, because people will literally game the system to reduce the chances that they're good boss, bad boss, good peer, bad peer, got or greater or smaller raises. Uh, and, and having um, the potential for anonymity and salaries go together is a very, in our opinion, just unprofessional and unwieldy in the long run. Okay. So again, the idea is to gather the data, present it back to the manager anonymously. All of the direct responses and peers as well are aggregated and averaged so that any one directs or peers input is essentially hidden, right? That, that's the idea anyway. And the manager gets a report that says, hey, here's what your directs say, here's what your peers say, here's what your boss says. The boss's responses are, are known by the boss to not be confidential since they can't be aggregated, they can't be averaged. And this is essentially what amounts to a, a probably somewhat different criteria that are used in the annual review, the performance review. Uh, so it may be different information from the boss, but it's of course not anonymous. Okay, so just a little bit more information. You know, they're relatively new. They've, they've really only taken hold in the past 30 years or so. Originally, they were expensive. They're only given to senior execs. And of course, now they're more widely used. They are highly thought of. And you'll probably hear them mentioned in association with companies that are well regarded for talent management techniques like General Electric, Royal Dutch Shell, Procter & Gamble, and so on. Unfortunately, the idea of them is great. But it takes, this is, this is one of those tools that takes careful implementation for the promise to be delivered. In the past 15 years or so, many, many, many more firms have fallen in love with the idea. And again, the idea is good. And then applied it too broadly, too sloppily. And in the end, really done far more damage, in, in our opinion, than good. Look, career tools can't know how your firm delivers 360s. You may be in the minority in one of those firms that does it well, and we're going to provide the criteria for you. But because in general, we will assume you are not, we have to give you guidelines that will allow you to provide input and remain safe. Exactly. Okay. So we're just going to assume that you're not in the minority. And the fact is that your company does them poorly. And our first guidance in that case is you need to minimize the risk. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell a story. Um, I mean, this encapsulates 20 years of my experience with with 360s and 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 uh, and managers' responses to them. Not really terribly long ago, we were working with one of the most impressive manager leaders we've we've ever known. Sharp business person, fine person to be around, always positive, hardworking, cared deeply for the team, focused on the basics, open to new ideas. Literally, the kind of CEO everybody wants to work for even the media. <laughs> and this executive had received some 360 feedback from a very reputable, one of my, my favorite, from a very reputable external source. 
after years of of this firm doing uh, providing this this kind of feedback, uh, it was clear to the recipient and, and and me that this was truly intended to be used for developmental reasons, and it was a well designed instrument test, if you will. As I recall it, I think it had 17 different criteria against which this executive was measured. And folks, when I saw it, I honestly thought it was the best 360-degree review I had ever seen. Not only was this executive ranked nearly perfectly in every single category, the rankings were against C-suite, a CEO, CIO, COO level executives at this exec's size of organization and higher. Literally, it was as if he or she had run the table. Now, look, I, I wasn't surprised. This person truly exceptional. But it was still, I, I, I was tempted to take a picture of it. It was a sight to behold. You just look and you go, wow, dude, he's good. <laughs> and of 17 areas, I think, you know, 16 were exceptional. And one showed that it was well above average. And it, remember now, this is against other folks at this person's level and above. I mean, it's really... Yeah. Well I mean, above it, average is pretty good in that company. <laughs> yeah, well above average is, yeah, yeah, CEO of a Fortune 500 company or something. So, okay, that that's the scenario. So, would anyone be surprised that this particular executive wanted me to dig deeply into the one area where he was only well above average? And by the way, it was well above average. And this person immediately wanted to read the written comments to understand why he hadn't done better in that area. So look, we submit to you that if people of character and, and ability like this executive immediately go to their relative negatives and immediately want to know what was said in detail, then if your manager is average like so many others and your anonymity is in any way in question, which it often is, for whatever reason, honest Negative responses to 360-degree reviews are incredibly dangerous. Even when they promise us that they're going to be anonymous, our response are going to be anonymous, isn't that protection enough? No. I mean, (laughs) no, sorry, no. I mean, really, it's the old thing. You know, you've heard me use the phrase that uh, if he tells you tomorrow's Christmas, you can get your stocking ready. That that was originally said about John Wayne. And... uh, you know, unless you feel that way about the person who's saying it to you, and they they have reason to know the details of the process is going to be delivered to you, then no, uh, no, <laughs> we've got to minimize our risk. Look, we might be motivated to be honest, right? Because of those promises, right? Promises turn out to be false. And all the proof that you have that what you said was true will not protect you from a vindictive boss who decides that you were the one that made her 360-degree review so poor relative to her peers. And when companies do this and it's fairly new, they think it's a really important thing and they assume that the 360 is right because it's got more data and the boss has been wrong and a manager's career can take a big stumble because of perhaps one person. Yeah, okay. But we want our managers to get better, right? I mean, and the firm is going through all this trouble and this expense of asking our input. So how how can that be a bad thing? I mean, how can it hurt to get (laughs) some honest feedback from directs, peers, and and bosses to help the manager become more effective? I mean, isn't that the very principle behind the manager tools feedback model that we talk about so much on on the manager tools cast? 
Yeah, it's the principle of candor. Absolutely. And I think managers owe candor to their recs because power distorts communications. Uh, and it distorts communications both ways, as, as Peter Drucker teaches us. Good, then I'm right. No, you're, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, you know, it's great that you already know this and you've, you've seen these things firsthand and had them done and so on. Uh, yeah, candor underpins the manager tools feedback model. But I want to suggest a, an alternative and we'll call it Horseman's Law of Career Candor. One is not obligated to be completely candid if there is associated career risk. Look, the idea of truly open communication is always predicated on total professionalism from all parties, most notably the recipient of any communication, right? He, he or she is the one that does the communicating anyway. This predication that you're going to get total professionalism from the recipient is false. Your boss can fire you and our bosses can fire us for not so very much when it comes right down to it, if they're clever. How does us being candid with only the hope that the manager will change or that the company will take action on the 360. Now think about it. Think about a hundred managers getting 360s and 10 of them getting bad data. Do you think HR, which may or may not have known up until now, now has the time to figure out how to get rid of or how to do something for those managers? And do you think those managers are going to like being told by HR that they need to go to some remedial training? Oh, it won't be called remedial training. It'll be called an opportunity to excel, but it'll still feel remedial to the manager. And that manager will know who put him or her there. Look, it's a hope that they're going to change based on a real risk for us of termination or or career loss, if you will, career negation or whatever, where, where we don't get fired, we just don't get promoted and we have to go somewhere else in order to do that. It's a totally unfair power-based cost-benefit analysis. Professionalism does not require us to eliminate our career risk in our in our decision. It doesn't. You've watched a corrupt CEO ruin your company and go to jail. I've been fired. We're realists here at Career Tools, and we're as worried about everyone's career who's listening as they are. So no, it's it's uh it's it's not right to expect true and open and honest communication from an organization who there have been too many cases where people get fired um, based on it. There are ways around it, but it's it's not fair to expect us to be completely honest when, in fact, the organization and our boss is not being completely honest with us most of the time anyway. Okay. So keeping our prime directive uh, clear here, <laughs> <laughs> which is to minimize risk. So yeah. what, what can we do? Oh, okay. Um, so first of all, only respond with negatives, and, and, and we don't mean necessarily chapter and verse, only respond when you with negatives when you know you're protected. Okay. What we can do is, of course, share those comments that are favorable at our boss. Favorable. Sure. Why not? Right. Sure. It might skew things a little bit to be if we talk clearly about the positives and then we soften the negatives. But we believe that's a reasonable trade off if we feel we're at risk. If we sense risk, then we're going to be frank about the positives and minimize the negatives. 360s typically call for what we what is known as a Likert scale response. And for the rest, I'm sure I've used that before, but Likert scale is a, the standard one to five grading. Right. So you feel in a little bubble or you click the yeah. video button or something. Yeah. They have both multiple choice, you know, good boss, bad boss kind of uh, continuum, one to five. And then they also have written comments. Look, if that's the case, if you have a Likert scale, do not give the bottom ranking. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And do not provide written comments if you, if you feel there's risk. 
Now, look, sometimes written comments are required. You can't go on to the next point unless you provide a written comment. The surveys may be delivered online and set up so you have to answer every question. So simply type in nothing to add. The system doesn't know any better on that one, but you do. Uh, sometimes it, it's um, if you give a one or a five, it'll ask you to, to give more input. Um, and, and look, folks, we're giving you this guidance based on a situation where you know you're protected, and we'll share with you how to know the three criteria shortly. Look, we know... We're reducing the total possible quality of a 360 for many managers by this guidance. And, you know, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. We wish we didn't have to do this. But frankly, I have to say something that so many managers so overrate, and and that includes probably many of us who are listening and speaking, so many managers overrate our abilities that when we get watered down negatives, soften negatives, we're still going to be surprised. It still will be a call to action for many, many managers, and there will be a great deal less risk for the people who are providing the input. Okay. If you have doubts, it's reasonable to avoid strongly negative comments. Again, even if they're completely true, even if they're widely known, even if there was a recent event where you could point it out, 360s are official documents. Something that is widely known may only be a rumor, but once it's in the 360, it's something that lasts and lasts and lasts, and it's probably in the person's personnel record, and it's just something that your boss can attempt to defend. And unfortunately, that means if your boss is going to defend it, he or she might feel that that includes retribution. We wish we didn't have to say it, but we do because uh, we know it's true. Then the other piece is pretty pretty simple. Look, if it's not regular, if it's not external, if it's not anonymous, again, we'll define those in a minute, then you must avoid negatives completely. Those are the standards, those three, we recommend every manager apply to the 360 process our firm is asking to contribute to. Okay, that's the standard. Does it meet the standard so I can take some risk? Because if it doesn't meet the standard... Our law of career candor tells us to stay quiet. We recommend no rankings, none below average, which is a three on Likert scale, in the event that we can't verify that we meet the three criteria of regular, external, and anonymous. Maybe in a more open situation, you'd give a four or two, depending upon which one is good or bad. But if you can't know real, regular, external, anonymous, it's better to stick with three, meaning, meaning the answer of a three. Right, exactly. Okay. So let's go back to written comments because they're, they are particularly dangerous. We recommend above don't just write nothing to add. But if you want to and you decide that you are going to write something, you really need to water those down. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that people give middling rankings and then just hammer the person. <laughs> un- unleash a torrent of yeah. written comments. If you think your writing doesn't have your signature attached to it, you're smoking crack. This is perhaps the biggest danger of all. We promise you, folks, your boss will read every single negative comment and attempt to determine who said what about her. We know this. We, we've seen it, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, they're going to decide who wrote it, whether they're right or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. It's going to get attributed to somebody. And if you have a bad relationship with your boss, somebody else writing something is going to be attributed to you. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you might think we're being overly cautious, but hopefully you'll take solace in two things. One, we're being cautious with your career. So you're welcome. (laughs) And, and second, it has been our experience that every manager, folks, every manager, 
every manager who was given a 360 report does three things. They focus on the negatives, they read the negative comments, and then attempt to determine who said what. 25 years I've been doing this, and that happens every single time. I mean, you, I mean, the flipping of pages when they first get it, looking for the, the first ranking score, and then they go and they go, oh, there are seven things, and oh, look, that one's real low. Let me go look at what the individual questions were and which ones I scored low on and know what are the written's. What are the written's? That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – and, and look, unless your relationship with your boss is unbreakable, which it very likely isn't, negative written comments put you at risk. Folks, you can't write differently. Uh, you can't disguise who you are. She's going to know, and you're at risk. And and I, I promise, I read these things all the time, and I can tell. If I work with a client for six months or a year, I can tell who wrote things. They finally say, oh, I've got a burning desire to get this off my chest about this thing that happened a year ago, and, and I'm going to finally tell this manager how screwed I feel by what he did. And it just, it, it, it just has a red flashing light on the top. You know, disgruntled employee said this about you. Okay. I, and then what happens? Two things happen. One, there's potential retribution. And two, the manager says, I can discount that because he's my weakest employee and I don't need to uh, listen to what he or she has to say. We just talked about, you know, kind of the written and we recommend that you don't write negative comments in, in the written responses. What about the, the numerical rating? So a one to five on the Likert scale, for example, any guidance there? Yeah. Phone in sick. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or say, I'm sorry, I I'm allergic to pencil dust and I'm not, you know, Oh, let me mention one other thing. When I think Likert, I always think pencils, you know, number two, Mark sends pencils, right. Um, from, from school for our international listeners, a number two pencil in the U S is used by school children to mark in the bubbles on, on, uh, scanned tests. It's highly likely this is going to be done online. I mean, it really is, but folks, a little caution here, the online uh, component of this doesn't mean that it's being done professionally because you can use survey monkey and come up with uh, an online survey very easily and 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 it looks very professional and uh it doesn't mean that it meets the uh the regular external anonymous criteria that we've suggested before okay so uh, enough our recommendation here if you feel there's risk is to avoid the ones and fives they totally stand out okay now people don't realize this but believe me i've watched managers i've sat over managers and they've said i've got six i've got four people and i know that joe gave me ones across the board because he is my best guy and i promoted him twice he rocks so i'm going to assume that one of the four is a one that means in order to have the average that i have the other three would have to be these roughly here or i can't be sure exactly what they are unless the average is a certain number which has a 0.33 in it or a 0.66. And that means two people were here and one people, one person was here. And that means inevitably that somebody gave me a five, right? And I've seen it happen and it's, it's wrong. It's unethical. It is, they're attempting to pierce the veil of anonymity, which the organization uh, guaranteed. And it doesn't matter because the organization is not looking over their shoulder saying, you can't do that. And even if it did, they'd still do it. Once you give a one or a five, in many cases as well, it requires written elaboration. Uh, and in some cases, when you give the one or five, it's locked in. You can't go back and change it. Although, of course, you could certainly write in nothing further. Uh, and the and the tester, you know, the, the, the online system won't be able to tell. I can see the risk associated with a five being five being the worst, right? What's the risk associated with 
telling your boss that she's great at something by giving her a one. Where's the risk there? We're not against ones. Uh, If you believe your boss is a one, that's fine. But be cautious. You may be making it more obvious for your boss to figure out who was the five. Oh, right? I see. Okay, there's risk yeah. to your peers who might yeah. not have listened to this cast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, now, look. If you believe your boss genuinely deserves a one, uh, don't don't not give ones because of your risk. But be aware that you may be making it more obvious who gave a five. Now, you may choose to do that. I think that's unprofessional. But anyway, and yes, we worry about those kind of things here. And, and there's something else though too here. Our perspective as a direct is not perfect. There are things our bosses know that we don't, and it causes him or her to behave in ways that may not make sense to us. And further, maybe he really isn't the worst boss ever, which, by the way, that's how a five, or if it's a one, uh, if one is the bottom score, that's how a five or a one is received. It's not received as in the bottom 20% when you receive it yourself as a manager. Believe me, it's received as worst. So unless you have 10 years more experience than, than your boss, cut her some slack. Um, you'll want the same from your directs when, when they get to respond to your 360. And there's another piece here too, which is that if you give a four rather than a five, that's still going to stand out. It will probably remain anonymous, but a four will, will weigh down a boss's results enough that if you've given some ones and twos, that when you give a four, particularly if one of the other directs gives a four as well, there will be a change in the average and it will be noted and the manager will pay attention. You don't need to hammer them to get their attention. And if hammering them increases the risk to you, why do it? Yeah, good point. You know, hopefully this is obvious to folks, but if you have less than a great relationship with your boss, even if the, you know, even if this 360 is, you know, regular, external, anonymous, the things we talked about, right? you still got to be cautious because he's not only going to look at the negatives and the written comments, he's right. going to be assuming that you wrote them. Right. Proof that you didn't, he's probably going to decide that you did, regardless of whether it's true or not. Yeah. And I know I, I feel bad as I as I you know as I wrote this cast I said gee people are going to think we're cynical and Machiavellian we're really not and perhaps we can have somebody write us and say you know I, I disagree guys um, I, I think you're overstating the the, the risk uh, we believe we're expressing a reasonable prediction based on plenty of past observed behaviors so look if you have a great relationship with your boss and the three criteria are in place then okay. Maybe you can mention a negative, but nonetheless, again, we have a cautionary comment. You know, we we get resumes for our resume service all the time. We review them. Wendy reviews them. She gives detailed guidance. And in many cases, we get a clear sense from the resume. The person who submitted it that is not terribly knowledgeable about resumes. That's okay. That's why the service exists. A good example would be we received an 11-page resume from someone who had heard our podcast. They'd actually heard our podcast on one-page resumes. And, and the person said to us, yes, but I'm the exception. It's a pretty big exception. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, folks? They're not. They've listened to someone with an equally, equally abysmal professional knowledge of resume preparation. They've seen some other resumes, and they convince themselves that they're different. And folks, you, when it comes to the risk of 360s, could very well be that guy. You may be thinking, oh, I'm the exception, and so I have a good relationship, and that's enough. Well, it's been my experience. You're not special. I'm sorry. Uh, Be cautious. 
And when you're in doubt, again, minimize risk, prime directive. Yeah. Okay. So that seems like uh, a criteria for analysis a little bit in terms of, hey, evaluate your relationship with your boss. And the better your relationship with your boss, then the more likely it is you can be honest, although we'd still recommend you tone it down a bit. Yeah. Um, So what are some other criteria for analysis that we can use to assess the kind of this risk reward curve we're on when it comes to giving feedback on 360s? Yeah, if, we, we've said it several times. If this is the ultimate tease cast, I'm afraid. I apologize for that. Regular, external, and anonymous. Let's talk about each one. Uh, when we say regular, we mean if your firm routinely, and usually it's annually, but it could be more often, and it, it may be at, at the time of, of performance reviews, but we don't, we don't recommend that. Some firms still do that, but most don't. And so oftentimes, if you ask me when they were more likely, I would say they were in the summertime, at least in the U.S., it would be a second review halfway through the year, so to speak, on a different schedule. If your firm routinely does 360s for many, if not all managers at a certain level and above, we would characterize that as regular. You know, that's a good sign that the process is going to be professionally administered because they've done it before and they plan on doing it again and they understand there's risk involved. Now, look, if on the other hand, you've never heard of your firm doing this before and suddenly you get an email from HR and there's no indication that other managers are going through this. That's different. That's at the other end of the spectrum. Now, your boss may have been targeted. Someone suggest maybe somebody went to HR and said, I've got a real problem with my boss. She did this, blah, blah, blah. And so, so let's HR give him a 360, right? Yeah, let's give him a 360. <laughs> and and there are people in HR that would say, well, let's find out whether it's true or not. Now, if you don't think that is an opportunity, that is a situation rife with opportunity for people to be in trouble, again, you're smoking crack. I mean, everybody's going to be watching. And just to be clear, we think that's a dumb application of 360s, but it's done, right? And something else we need to say, if you want to play with fire, think of each of these three criteria, plus the whole boss relationship thing, as being on a sliding scale, right? Add up each of their relative weights, depending upon what your firm is actually doing. And and that's wrong. We think that's a that's a suicide wish right there, because... What we're recommending is each of these needs to be clearly at one end of the spectrum in order. It has to be regular. It has to be external in a certain way, and it has to be anonymous. Otherwise, don't do it. We're not suggesting if all three of them are generally in the right direction, you should do, you should go forward and be more candid than you normally would. We're not suggesting that at all. We're saying, darn it, unless all three of these are home runs, 100%, don't be candid. Okay, so that was regular. If their firm does them routinely, then we suggest that there's less risk associated with them. Right. Um, what about external? What is what's why is that important? Whether we do them internally or externally. First of all, the people who are administering it, the administering agent, has to be external to the firm. If a 360 is being done internally, you must pause. Okay. Even honest HR execs can be had and can share information that they should not. The fact that it's done online means nothing about it being external. Politics happen everywhere. An, an external facilitator or an external firm or resource is necessary, not only, and this is very important, not only for anonymity, but for the appearance of anonymity. And again, simply because the survey is being administered online means nothing. It could be being done by your firm by on SurveyMonkey or something like that. This is particularly true at small firms because it's expensive to have 360s done because anonymity and, and the test and so on and to have it analyzed effectively numerically is not trivial. And oftentimes the firms that deliver them have PhDs on staff and are looking at all kinds of enormously complex statistical data. 
third party, external third party administering it and providing feedback as well uh, in order to meet the criteria. Right. And, and it's not enough just to be external. It's got to be anonymous as well, right? There's got to be a guarantee of an anonymity and there's got to be the perception of an anonymity as well. Yeah. And, and, and look, I hate to tell you this, folks, but if you're one of four directs, most external firms would say four answers are enough for us to aggregate responses and assure respondents of anonymity. And they are wrong. They are completely, totally, utterly wrong. We've talked about this before. It, of the four directs, one is a superstar, right? She is never going to have anything bad to say about the boss who's gotten promoted, her promoted a couple of times. The other three are now fair game for the manager's post-report analysis to determine who made that one written comment. And if your boss assumes she got a five from her top performer, you can actually do the math. There are only certain averages that are possible from four respondents if the assumption of one of them is, has given them a five is accurate. So four is not enough. It's not enough to be told your comments will be anonymous. You must do the math yourself. Do not provide negative comments to a boss on the Likert scale unless there are at least six directs of your boss and you know that all six will be required to respond to their survey. Now, to their credit, uh, if only two people reply to an answer, whether there are two or 25 directs, most external firms will throw out those answers because they're, they're fearful that, that the anonymity will be compromised. So six directs you need in order to feel that you could, you can, uh, have some anonymity in terms of the Likert scale. And the corresponding number for peers is five because, of course, uh, they're not the person that's giving feedback is not the peer. And so that it's unlikely a peer could attempt to ruin someone's career or at least seek retribution, although I've seen it happen. So it's not enough to be assured. We have to be cautious. And we hope in 10 years that the world is different and and there's more guarantees of anonymity that are not only guaranteed but but assured and uh, the 360 industry gets better and more firms use them and use them well and we can tone down our concerns here but we've seen it happen too many times to to watch a manager rip open a 360 to turn to the graph page to see which one is weak to turn to that section and read the answers to see which one were the lowest and to see whether or not it was that recent problem he or she had and then to go to the written comments and say and to point a finger bam like that and say i know who wrote that when you see that happen a couple of times, it sends chills down your spine when somebody calls and says, I'm, th I'm told I have to give 360 feedback to my boss. What should I do? Yeah, 360 does not work as a weapon for the direct. It doesn't no. work well. And if you, wanna, if you truly want to help your manager get better because you're concerned about your manager, concerned about the organization, you want the organization to be successful, then go develop a relationship with your, your manager and start there. Yeah. 360 yeah. is not the place to do it. Yeah, actually, it is a weapon. It just backfires all the time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's a bad yeah. weapon. <laughs> it's a bad weapon, yeah. Okay, so look, quick wrap-up. We shared what 360s are. We, we shared our primary guidance, which is minimize risk. Uh, we recommend water, co written comments get watered down. Those are ones that are that ring out with who you are. You certainly want to avoid bottom rankings almost always. You need to consider your relationship with your boss and then apply the three criteria, regular, external, and anonymous. Great. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. That's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all again next week. In the meantime, check out the discussion forums on www.managertools.com forward slash forums. Hope to see you there. So long. <laughs>